1: Welcome to the pastor's study. Some years ago in St. Louis, there was a three day prayer and fasting conference. Christians from all over America came to this auditorium and for three days we prayed and fasted for America. Very powerful time. What I remember the most, this lady dressed in black gets to the microphone, she's wearing a black veil. And she said, let us get on our knees and sorrow for America. So all over the auditorium, we kind of turned around, knelt on our chairs there. First, she said, let's sorrow for all the babies we've killed in America. Next, let's sorrow for all the broken marriages and the broken homes. Let's sorrow for all the crime in the streets. Let's sorrow for all the pornography we produce, and she went on. Let's sorrow for all the lost people that don't know Christ in America. I don't cry much. I was crying. The whole place was crying. I've never seen anything like it. Today our story is the day the Apostle Paul, the Jewish Apostle Paul who had come to Christ sorrows for the fact that most of his Jewish brothers will not come to Christ. Would you take out your Bible, turn in the New Testament to Romans chapter 9, And let's talk about sorrowing for our unsaved loved ones today. Romans chapter 9, let's pray first. Father, we do want to pray for anyone watching this show who is not presently trusting Jesus and his death for the forgiveness of their sins. Lord, bring them to Christ. And Lord, all of us have loved ones that don't know you. We would pray that you would use us to bring them to Christ and speak to us about that now. In Jesus' name, amen. The Apostle Paul writes this to the Christians at Rome. Romans chapter 9, verse 1. I am telling the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience testifies with me in the Holy Spirit. Now, I read that and I wondered, why is Paul going out of his way to say, look, I'm telling the truth here. I'm not lying. So I consulted the commentaries, and here's what they said. The Apostle Paul was Jewish, but a Christian now. He had attacked the Jewish belief that good works save. He also attacked the belief that only the Jews are chosen people. Paul taught, no Gentiles can be saved now too. So many Jews hated Paul. If you know the book of Acts, they tried to kill him more than once. And remember, Paul is a Jew, but he had embraced Christianity. And in some Orthodox Jewish circles to this day, if you become a Christian, they will hold a mock funeral service for you and consider you dead. So, why is Paul saying, look, I'm telling the truth, he's saying this, look, they might hate me, but I'm telling you the truth, I love them and my heart breaks that they don't know Christ. So, you know the question I get now and then? Pastor Brock, what about the Jews? Are they saved? Well, <clears throat> some time ago, a few years ago, the Southern Baptists got into trouble because they stated they want to do a better job of converting the Jews to Christ. Well, the liberal Protestants and Catholics didn't like that at all, but God bless Pastor John Piper, who, a Baptist, who wrote a great letter to the editor for the Star Tribune basically saying, yes, everybody, Jew, Gentile, Buddhist, everybody needs to believe in Christ to be saved. That's what Jesus himself taught, John 14, 6. Well, the liberal Protestants and Catholics didn't like it, so they wrote letters back to the Star Tribune. Here's one of the letters. This is from a Catholic priest They're talking about Jews for Jesus and people like uh, the Baptists. Their explicit theological assumption is that unless you absolutely embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you will not be saved. This kind of absolutist Christian thinking still lingers in uh, churches. It is this kind of Christian absolutism that undergirded the Nazi Holocaust. In other words, if you believe people need Christ to be saved, you're kind of a Nazi. Give me a break. Uh, He goes on to say this. Jews do not have an incomplete faith that can only be validated by becoming Christian. Well, that was a Catholic priest and here is what the liberal Protestants wrote back to the Star Tribune. This is a congregational pastor, a Presbyterian pastor, and the United Church of uh, and the uh, uh, Episcopal priest. To suggest that Judaism is somehow incomplete without Jesus is inappropriate. Appeals to New Testament texts, as one finds in uh, John Piper's uh, editorial, do little to further the cause of Christian unity with the Jews. True interfaith dialogue is possible only when neither party is trying to convert the other. (laughs) Wow, well, you know what I would say if I was in a room with those liberal pastors and priests? I would say, okay, Jews don't need to believe in Christ to be saved. How about Gentiles, the rest of us? Do we need to believe in Christ to be saved? Uh, Pastors, in your liberal understanding, does anybody need Christ to be saved? And see what happens if you leave the Bible's teaching that there's an eternal heaven and an eternal hell and Christ is the only Savior, you get this kind of mush. I think these pastors believe this because their God, in their view, is a marshmallow. The Apostle Paul would argue with these pastors and he would say, look, my heart sorrows for the fact that my Jewish brothers are not saved because they rejected Christ. He didn't say, oh, they're saved anyway. He said they're not saved and Paul was Jewish. So let me just ask this. Do you ever pray for the Jews? My roommate in college was Jewish. He and I had a number of long, deep talks about Jesus. On a rare occasion, we still talk long distance. He married a Catholic. Last time I talked with him, I've never heard him be quite so open to maybe becoming a Christian. So pray for the Jews that they come to Christ. Look at verse two, Paul writes, I have great sorrow and unceasing grief in my heart. Here's the next lesson. Sorrow is not a sin. The same Apostle Paul who wrote Philippians rejoice in the Lord always wrote this verse I have unceasing sorrow in my heart. That means (laughs) you don't have to put on a plastic smile and be happy all the time as a Christian. What's the shortest verse in the Bible? Jesus wept and if you feel sorrow for the fact that your loved ones don't know Christ that's a good sorrow. Look at verse 3 for I could wish that I myself were accursed, separated from Christ, for the sake of my brethren, the Jews, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Now that's an amazing verse. Paul's saying, look, I almost wish I could be damned if it would save them. <laughs> Next lesson. Do you sorrow for the unsaved? Does it bother you, you have loved ones that don't know Christ? I mean, I, this hit me. I remember I was in college having dinner with a Christian buddy of mine at a restaurant and my buddy Rick looks around the restaurant and he says, Tom, do you ever get depressed wondering how many people in this restaurant are saved? A man came into my office once, Pastor Brock, I read the obituaries every day and I I wonder, was that person saved? Was that person saved? I have three pages that I brought today These are my prayer lists. I've been praying for the salvation of all these people for 41 years. (laughs) They're falling apart and I've seen wonderful people, wonderful salvation stories. Some of these people are dead and I don't pray for them anymore but uh, the, the people that are living, I'm praying for them that God will bring them to salvation. We're supposed to be concerned. You know, we get so caught up in the minors of life, we forget the major thing. People need Christ for eternity. There's a story of an atheist farmer, never went to church. A new pastor comes to the church and hears about him. So he goes, knocks on the door, comes inside and sits down at the table and, and talks to this farmer about his soul. And the farmer said this, now here's an amazing thing, Pastor. All your parishioners around me, they, they'd run to tell me if one of my cattle was on the railroad tracks. But you're the first person in 40 years to talk to me about my soul. Do you know how the Salvation Army was founded? Way back in 1861, William Booth was in London. An atheist came up to him. Mr. Booth, if I believed like you Christians say you believe in an eternal hell, I would crawl on my knees on crushed glass all over London screaming for people to repent. And that remark got William Booth to found the Salvation Army. Do you sorrow for the unsaved? Some years ago, they were building a skyscraper in downtown Minneapolis. Maybe you remember this. Uh, At the top, this big, huge metal box full of stuff fell, killing two people at the bottom. One of those people went to my church. Kind of big deal in the the media for a couple days. Well, a year later, the, the skyscraper was completed and they're gonna have a memorial service for the two men that died. I was asked to preach. And I'm thinking, this is a good opportunity, and I'm going to preach to these men, what if you died suddenly? Do you know where you're going to spend eternity? You need Christ to be saved. That was in my head. It was held at the top of this building, and I walk in there, and here's 200 men in hard hats. I don't get nervous when I preach. I got real <laughs> nervous. I'm going to tell these guys are going to hell without Christ. I mean, I just, I had to say a prayer. I had to get up and swallow. And I said, well, we open our service in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All the hats came off, and about a third of them did this. And it was like something broke. And I said, men, we're all going to die. You might die slowly. You might die suddenly. Do you know where you're going to spend eternity? It's only through Christ that you can be saved. You'll never be good enough to get into heaven. Give that up. Trust in Christ to be saved. I handed out salvation tracts, and you know what I could have done? I could have just been a nice pastor. I could have preached a sermon saying, isn't God nice? Aren't the flowers nice? Don't you like the birds? Aren't the trees pretty? No, no, no. If you sorrow for the unsaved, you preach Christ crucified. Do you sorrow for the unsaved? You know, I'll say this too. Back in my high school days, I was kind of more liberal on this stuff. I talked to my friends a little about God. When I got to college and came to believe the Bible's teaching, there's an eternal heaven and an eternal hell, that's when I started opening my mouth about Jesus and haven't been able to shut it since. We need to sorrow for the unsaved. And and you know, somebody said this, if we could take an elevator down into hell and see hell for five minutes and then come back up, we would never be the same. let me say just one more thing before the next verse. If you care about the lost, 10% of your money will go to the Lord. If you really care that people are going to hell for eternity without Christ, 10% of your money will go to the church or the missions or uh, some kind of Christian work. But if you care about the lost, your bank book will reflect that. Look at verse 4 the israelites he's talking about his fellow jews to them belongs the adoption of sons they became the chosen people through abraham to them belong the glory the temple of god was filled with glory and the the uh, remember the cloud of glory in the wilderness to them belong the covenants the covenant with abraham with noah with abraham isaac jacob david and the giving of the law the 10 commandments to them belong the temple service as the sacrifices and the promises especially the promise of the messiah but here's the next lesson Spiritual privileges do not save you. They didn't save the Jews, and spiritual privileges will not save you. I mean, maybe your grandma was uh, the strongest Christian on earth. Maybe your family was very Christian. You went to a Bible college. You know, all those spiritual privileges won't save you because where are you at with the Lord? Not grandma, not your Bible school teachers. Do you? Have a living faith in Jesus Christ. There's a saying, God has no grandchildren. That means your parents can't believe for you. You need to believe in Christ to be saved. All right, one last point. Would you look back at verse 5 and answer this question? Who is Jesus according to verse 5? Let me read it again. From, whose are the fathers, the Jewish fathers, from whom, from the Jews, is the Christ according to the flesh, Who is overall God blessed forever? According to that verse, who is Jesus? He is God blessed forever. The Greek is even clearer. Uh, If you go to my website, pastorstudy.org, push on the button, the line that says, Is the Trinity Biblical? And you'll get all the verses that teach that Jesus is the eternal God with the Father and the Spirit. Well, One last point here. Don't just sorrow for the unsaved, talk to them. When I was 16 years old, I went to a party and I remember clearly this girl came up to me. This had never happened before. Tom, I hear you're a Christian. I've been reading a book about the end of the world called The Late Great Planet Earth. I want to become a Christian. Tom, how do I become a Christian? And I remember my exact words, but, uh, um, boy, I, uh, duh, I had no idea what to tell her. I know what I tell her now. In fact, this happens. I pray before I get on the airplane. Here's what you tell people. I, I, I said, God, God if it you will, put me next to somebody. I get on the airplane to go to Florida, sitting next to a 12-year-old boy named Matthew. We talk for a while. He finds out I'm a preacher. I said, well, Matthew, do you go to church? oh yes every Sunday First Baptist Church of Sarasota I said good well can I ask you what they teach you at that church and he said okay <laughs> and I said well Matthew do you know what the Trinity is? he said I never heard of the Trinity I explained there's one God in three persons Father, Son, Holy Spirit he knew Jesus was God but he never got the Trinity I said well Matthew do you know how the world's going to end? he said didn't know it was going to end, so I preached the second coming. Well, Matthew, the Bible says, could happen tonight. We'll hear trumpets, look up. Jesus comes down in the clouds. All the dead are raised. The believers go to heaven. People who reject Christ go to hell, and the earth melts with fire. And he, he'd never heard any of this, so I thought we'd better get to the big one. I said, Matthew, let's say something happens to the engine, and we all go down in flames in five minutes. We all die. Do you know where you're going when you die? And he kind of got quiet. And finally he said, I don't know where I'm going. And I said, well, you can know. The Bible says you can know now where you're going to spend eternity. And I shared the gospel. Matthew, we're all sinners. God came down from heaven and became a human being, lived the perfect life we couldn't, died on the cross for our sins, rose from the dead. The Bible promises you, Matthew, if you believe in the Lord Jesus, you will be saved and God will keep that promise. And, and you know, we talked about other stuff. Before the plane landed, he brought it up and he says, now, wait a minute, I want to make sure I got this. You don't have to die to figure out where you're going. You can know now. And I said, that's exactly right. God will keep those promises. Acts 16, 31, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. My, my encouragement for you is before you go to bed tonight, think of some people that need Christ. Pray for them. And as the Lord nudges you, talk to them. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the
2: pastor's study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with Him. Pastor Brock, my first question for you is kind of a two-part one. First of all, aren't the Jews God's chosen people? And why do you say they're not saved?
1: Okay in the Old Testament they were the chosen people. God God chose this pagan idolater in 2000 BC by the name of Abraham and said out of your uh, loins, out of your descendants are going to be the chosen people. Then Jesus comes and overwhelmingly although some Jews trusted in Christ like Paul and all the original apostles were Jewish but overwhelmingly the Jewish people rejected Christ. That means that they're not saved Jackie. Now is there a sense in which the Jews still are the chosen people? There is because if you read Romans 9, 10 and 11 those three chapters Paul the Jewish Apostle struggles with how come my Jewish brothers aren't saved and at the end of 11 he makes it clear there will be a conversion of of Jews to Christ before the end so when you see a lot of Jews coming to believe in Christ, Jews for Jesus gets really big that might be a sign that the end is near but Present tense, Jackie, I don't care if you're Lutheran, Baptist, Methodist, Jewish, Buddhist, Hindu, if you are rejecting Christ, you're not saved.
2: Okay. So... There is still hope then. So. There
1: is, there will be a, again, I'm getting this out of Romans chapters 9, 10, and 11. There will be Jews, a number of Jews, a large number of Jews. The way I understand that they come to Christ before the end.
2: Well, that was my question is, will the, any Jews be saved? Yes, so and, and
1: Jackie, there are Jews that are saved now. They're, they're called Messianic Jews. They worship on Saturday, but they believe just like we do. But they're people who are Jewish in heritage who have embraced Christ.
2: Okay. Can we claim by faith that our loved ones will be saved?
1: Well, you saw that those old pages I've got, and I have been believing in God to save my relatives and all these friends of mine for 41 years, and a lot of them have been saved. A lot of them haven't. And I'm just going to keep praying and trusting God to save them. Now, ultimately, Jackie, that's in the hands of God but I'm gonna keep praying and believing, but ultimately it's in his hands.
2: Pastor Brock, you said that some denominations no longer believe faith in Jesus is necessary for salvation. Mm -hmm. When did that happen? Yeah,
1: Jackie, we'll say 40 years ago. Any Lutheran, Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, Episcopalian, Congregationalists even, which, which is very liberal now. If you would have said, do you need to believe in Jesus to be saved? Everybody would have said yes. Now we, we have whole denominations that are liberal on that. And ELCA Lutherans, Presbyterian Church USA, United Church of Christ, the Episcopal Church in America, There are pastors who believe, yes, you need to believe in Christ to be saved in those denominations. You have bishops and professors and pastors in those same denominations who teach everybody goes to heaven because God is love. To hold that teaching, you have to ignore the many verses where Jesus talks about hell. You have to ignore what Jesus himself said in John 14, 6, I'm the only way to heaven. You have to ignore what the apostles taught in Acts chapter 4. There's no other name by which we must be saved. So all of this has happened within the last 20, 30, 40 years. Once upon a time, all the denominations would have said, of course you need Christ and faith in him to be saved.
2: So it has always been true. It used to be. Yes, It did. Yep. Yeah. What, how did the...
1: You know what happened in America and in Europe, we embraced uh, the, a very liberal view of scripture. It started really in Germany. I'm German myself and I'm Lutheran. And it started in a lot of the Lutheran German seminaries where people, uh, the, the scholars and the professors started embracing a very liberal view of scripture. And I think they got rid of verses they didn't like. That's my opinion.
2: Well, where in the Bible does it teach that Jesus is God. Oh,
1: that Jesus is God. Easy to remember. John chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1.
2: Is it a coincidence that I, they're all the
1: first I, chapters? I, no, I, I don't know. <laughs> but, Jackie, in addition to that, there's real clear verses. Philippians chapter 2. So, again, I want to encourage you go to my website, pastorstudy.org, two S's hit the line that says, is the Trinity biblical? Because Jehovah's Witnesses will come to your door and say, the Trinity is of the devil because the word is not in the Bible. Uh, Yeah, but the concept is all over the Bible. Call it what you will. One God in three persons is all over the Bible. So pastorstudy.org, hit the button that says, is the Trinity biblical? You'll get all the verses that talk about Jesus being God.
2: Okay, so I guess the big question for you is, what do i tell someone so that they become a christian Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i mean
1: where do we start yep somebody said pastor brock my dad's dying would you please go share the gospel with him so i had maybe i don't know 15 minutes with this person and jackie (laughs) you don't bring up adam and eve you don't bring up noah and the flood you don't bring up you know jonah and and the big fish you go right for the gospel which is two things gospel means good news He died for our sins, he rose from the dead. So I went to her dad. I said, well, Mr. So-and-so, it looks like you're not gonna make it, but I just wanna make sure you go to heaven when you die. Most people don't get it. They think you get to heaven by being good. We're not good, we're sinners, we need Christ. So can I tell you what God did? God came down from heaven lived in a human body for 33 years, lived the perfect life we couldn't. He died on the cross to pay for our sins so we could be forgiven. He rose from the dead. Mr. So-and-so, if you will believe in Christ and trust in him, your sins will be forgiven and you'll go to heaven. And I shared that with him. I don't know that he tracked with it, but um, I did my job. (laughs) So that's what you tell someone, the cross and the resurrection save.
2: Pastor Brock, do you think that American Christians will eventually face the same kind of persecution that's going on like in
1: the Muslim countries? Yeah, it's starting a little bit. When you've got a Christian grandma in Oregon who can't bring herself to put two men on the top of her wedding cakes that she has to make, she lost her business in Oregon. Uh, a, a photographer in New, n- New Mexico was fined $8,000 because he couldn't in full conscience uh, do a lesbian wedding. So it's starting here. Is there anything we can do to stop that? You know what I think, Jackie? I, I hope I'm wrong. I don't see America turning around. So I think, I hope I'm wrong. I think America's going to get worse and worse, and they're going to start persecuting Christians more. Who knows if our tax exemption will be there anymore, if we won't marry homosexual couples that may be down the road some years. But you know the main thing, I think? We Christians in America need to now say, Lord, help me be willing to suffer for you. Lose my job, lose the respect of my friends and my families. Help me be willing to suffer for you. That's our main prayer right now.
2: And if that suffering begins, do we continue to pray for that?
1: Well, you know, Jesus said suffering's coming. He, uh, uh, the Bible says those who lead a godly life in Christ will indeed be persecuted. So it's coming. And I pray that God will turn America around and we won't suffer, but it's, it's starting here, Jackie.
2: Pastor Brock, we've only got 25 seconds left here mm-hmm. in the end of the show. Sure. So do you want to
1: tell you anything? Bet. Well, everybody, we're on the air because people like you pray for us and contribute. And now we're on all over the country a little bit. So uh, if you go to pastorstudy.org, you can uh, uh, support us through the website or you can write the address coming up uh, here in Minneapolis. But pray for us. If God nudges you, we'd love to expand our show to more audiences. But it's pricey to buy airtime. So pray for us, uh, support us if you will, and see you next time.